positive for COVID. Keep her in your prayers. Uh, she's been isolating. So uh, um, just pray for her, a speedy recovery. Uh, any other? Yes, John. Okay. 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 Good. All right. All right. Any other? Any other? Any other praises? Okay. I uh, got a praise. Uh, first week of school went well. Um, didn't see any. Didn't hear of any injuries. Uh, other than things that were happening around the house. Um, um, Tatham's hand's not broke, so he's good. Um, he's ready to get back to football. Um, the kid's been safe. Getting the kinks worked out at school. Uh, if you've been in the drop-off or pickup line, this, I mean, might as well pack your lunch. You're going to be there a while. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is a mess. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we're just thankful that they've had a good first week. Uh, so, any other praises? Glad to see Benny and Karen back. Um, pray for Benny. He's down in his back a little bit. Pray for Karen. She's uh, got a cold. She's been around children. And if you've been around children, you're going to get it. It's that time of the year. So, uh, um, Keep them in your prayers and uh, get you plenty of vitamin C and E and D and everything and keep them in your system. Uh, just as a public service reminder, uh, uh, Quality Care Pharmacy in Piners has the flu shot if you, really, uh, you want to take it. Uh, with that being said, uh, any other praises, prayer requests? All right. Uh, if not, then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together into your house, together as your family and your congregation to worship you today. Lord, we just ask that you would give us the voice to sing your praises loud. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the, hear, the ears to hear what's being said today and the ability for you to tend the Spirit to apply it to our hearts and walk it out into a cold and desperate world. Lord, we thank you for this weekend that we have, this Labor Day weekend where we celebrate labor. Uh, Lord, we just love you. Uh, uh, we thank you for opening up your word to us here in a little bit so that we can uh, glean what you would have us to understand. 
Lord, I ask that all that's said and done here today would be pleasing to you. Uh, those that were taken off the prayer list, we give you praise and glory uh, for that. Those that were added, Lord, we uh, lift them up to you so that you can intervene in those situations as you see fit for your glory. Lord, we love you. We're ever constant praying for these on the prayer list. Lord, open our eyes to those around us. Make sure, Lord, that that you would cause the elected officials of this country to bend their knees and seek you for knowledge. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our operatory hymn is 594, 594, Faith of Our Fathers. So I'll stand. Faith of our fathers living still, in spite of dungeon fire and sword, oh how our hearts beat high with joy, whene'er we hear that glorious word, faith of our fathers holy of our fathers we will strive to win all nations unto thee and through the truth that comes from God mankind shall then be truly free faith of our fathers holy faith we will be true to thee till death faith of our
Well, before we get started into the sermon, um, it's Labor Day. And so I'm going to give you some surprising Labor Day facts that y'all probably don't know. Um, did you know it's one of the least recognized holidays of the, of our, that we have? Um, it's forgotten about until around, we start around the corner toward the holidays. Um, and so Labor Day is considered the bookend of summer. Uh, it's the unofficial end of summer. Uh, and so, uh, did you know that there are no more three-day weekends until November? It's the last three-day weekend until November. So, the whole month of September, rest of September and October, you ain't get no time off. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that you got. The first Labor Day was celebrated September the 5th, 1882 in New York City. 10,000 citizens marched for labor rights down uh, the streets of Manhattan. 1882. And what it was, was Americans were working 12 hours a day, six days a week. And it wasn't until the Adamson Act passed in 1916 uh, that the modern eight-hour workday came to be. So uh, that was established, and uh, those of us who have worked 12-hour days and eight-hour days and 10-hour days and 16-hour days, we appreciate that, that first group that stood out and, and, and forced Most other countries celebrate International Workers' Day May the 1st. May Day. That's what May Day is about. International Workers' Day. Uh, however, we, separ we do ours in September. Um, I can remember being in the first grade and having the May Day celebration in the gym. We had to do these little dances around a pole that had little flyers coming out. It was, I guess, for us at that time, for our parents, it was cute. Uh, had to wear these little polka-dotted shirts. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm still scarred from that. Polka dot bow tie and a polka dot shirt. Anyway, um, and so uh, here's one that, that should, should really fit with you ladies. Um, do you know why you don't wear white after Labor, after Labor Day? It was a fashion statement. And, it was, and at the end of the Civil War and kind of getting into when the Depression was around, uh, you had new money and old money. And those that had old money wanted to know who had the new money or who didn't belong in those rings. And so after Labor Day, they set together where it was unfashionable or cheap to wear white after Labor Day. I mean, ladies? <laughs> you know, uh, and so it just, just little things like that. It was to weed out those who were not proper. So if you come from new money, oh well. Too bad. Um, and the second theory to that is that, uh, that it's time to put away the summer light clothes because winter's coming. And so that's why you don't wear white after that. And then you get a cold. The third one was uh, uh, Michael Kors. Uh, Kors. I guess that's how you say his name. Then Michael Kors, how, how, whatever. Anyway, uh, he said, yeah, I'll be able to wear white whenever you want to. White is beautiful. So, huh? Yep, there you go. <laughs> and so, if you have something white that's clean, don't care when it is, wear it. Wear it. Uh, just some crazy little things going on. Uh, 
And, and here's the other thing that's kind of ironic. If you've ever worked in the uh, retail industry, you can appreciate this. The longest working days of the year is Labor Day. That's when the back to school sales start. And the whole thing about that is, is, you know, Labor Day is supposed to celebrate the workers, and yet on Labor Day, most workers in retail are having to work longer hours than they do any day the rest of the year. Kind of ironic, isn't it? It defeats the purpose of Labor Day. So uh, just a little, few little tidbits that you don't normally know about. Uh, here's the other thing. According to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, Labor Day is the official end of hot dog season. So from now until next spring, you really ain't supposed to eat hot dogs. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's right. That's a staple in our house. You know, we're going to eat hot dogs at least once a week because it's just something you can throw on and knock it out. Um, yeah, so there's just some weird facts about Labor Day. And it's also the second most dangerous holiday of the year um, because it's the end of the summer and people are traveling. Uh, from, 19, uh, see, from 2011 to 2015, uh, there were uh, 308 casualties on Labor Day, right behind uh, Memorial Day, which had 312, the two most deadly holidays of the year. Why is that? Young people. Young people are getting out of school and heading off to do things for the summer, and they're careless. And the other one is uh, the, the 308 that's happened on Labor Day. It is the old folks dodging young folks on their way to Florida for the winter. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I didn't write this. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, so this weekend is the big is a, the unofficial end of summer. Things you didn't know, things you learn in church. Um, but uh, today, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter six. Uh, with it being Labor Day, I think it was just appropriate that we uh, talk a little bit about how employees should walk in the light. Uh, because we're working as servants of Jesus. So uh, I just feel like that this is a Labor Day message. And uh, I'm not really going to get on to the employers yet. That's coming. Uh, but the employees, that's the ones that we can take, take our, uh, our, our control for, uh, from and of. So verse 5. Chapter 6 of Ephesians. Servants. Be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with uh, fear and trembling in, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Do not I service as man pleasers, but be as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good, with good will doing service uh, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be he receiveth of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to open this word up to us. Lord, I ask you to guide us through this uh, 
as a reminder, as a pep talk for us to remember who we are. Not only as employees, but as servants of you and followers of you. Lord, I ask this in your holy name. Amen. Bond servants. We get this, this connotation of a slave. And in both Roman and Greek society, slaves had no rights, period. They were just property, just like cows, just like dogs, uh, chickens. They were just property, and they had no rights. And along comes Christianity. And Christianity blows up unintentionally the way slaves are treated. But number one, the way slaves should treat and do their jobs. Uh, so think about this. Uh, bond servants are to be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. In sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as man pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that... Uh, Whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Bond servants are to be obedient to Christ. The words, as to Christ, they change our entire perspective of workers. Whether we are the, the employer, whether we are the supervisor, whether we are the employee, whether we are the janitor, whatever we are, it changes the entire perspective uh, as workers. Each one of us has a responsibility. It reminds us that uh, our work can and should be done as if we're working for Jesus Christ himself. Because we are. Because we are working for him. That is our ultimate employer. That is our ultimate boss. That is our ultimate supervisor. He's the one. And so we should be working just as hard uh, as if we're doing it for him. No matter where we're at. The gospel found slavery in the world, and, and in many regions, particularly in Roman and Greek, it was a very bad situation for slaves. They were beaten, uh, they were roughhoused, they were traded, uh, they were abused, and the gospel began at once. It began to undermine that uh, with its mighty principles of equality of the, all souls. See, they were looked at as second-class citizens. A slave had no rights, period. They, the owner dictated what they would do and how they would do. They weren't seen as people. They were seen as commodities. We've had that here in our country in the beginning. Uh, people were traded. Just go 40 miles from here. There was, a, there was a market square over there and they sold slaves there. If you went all across this country, there were places where slaves were sold. They marketed in human life. But we were called by Christians, by God and Jesus, to treat people with fair. And it didn't matter whether you were the slave or whether you were the owner. You had a responsibility that you were going to receive what you got. In other words, if you are, if you are a supreme slave master, the good that you give to your people, you would receive. The bad that you give to your people, you would answer for Today, in our lives, where slavery here in this country is pretty much done away with, I'm sure there's slavery that's under the table. I'm sure there's indentured workers. Uh, I'm sure of that. But for the most part, we don't have to worry about it. Our, our bond is to Jesus Christ. We're slaves of Christ. 
And so by that, we're required to do all of our work according to we're doing it for him. So if you contract with me to do a job, then your job is to do that job as best you can, no matter whether I'm there or I'm not there. You should work just as hard in private when nobody's on you or as you should when the eyes are on you. You know, uh, when I played football back in the day and baseball, we had this thing called a false hustle. Especially when we were supposed to run laps with high, high knees. You can run high knees and not exert a lot of energy. It'll look like you're really going to town and actually you're coasting. Who are you hurting? You're hurting yourself. The reason you're running these high knees and doing these laps is to build up your stamina. To build up your, your, your strength. And so anytime you would cheat during the exercises or whatever during football practice... You were cheating yourself. That's just like Stephen. Stephen goes to the gym pretty much every day. If Stephen went to the gym and just went through the motions without actually exerting any energy, do you think Stephen would, would grow from that? No. No. You have to put the work in. You have to put the work in. So when somebody hires you to do a job, no matter what your job is, you should do it to the very best of your ability because Christ is in you and you're honoring him. And I can assure you that everyone knows that you are a child of Christ. All they got to do is ride by Deep Creek Baptist Church either on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and they see your car parked in the parking lot. Guess what? You are a considered a Christian whether you are or not. You associate with those Baptists in that building. And so, it's, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. Uh, we're to work with, not with eye service. You know, eye service is, is pleasing men. It's working only when the boss is around. It's like going to practice and exercising only when the coach is near. It's not like you're, you, you're going at it full time. They can't trust you. Think about that. If they can't trust you to do the job when they're not there, how can they trust you to do it when you are there? Do you, do you see what I mean? They know. Trust me, they know. If you're supposed to normally during the day make 50 whatever it is, whatchamacallits, and the boss leaves and stays gone all day and you only make 35, whatchamacallits, you don't think he don't notice? The first thing he's going to ask you, he said, did anything go wrong today? No, it went well. Okay. He's not asking because he wants to fix the machine. He's asking because he noticed the drop in production. That's what bosses do. And so, um, you got to have a good attitude. Don't complain. If you, just think about all the times you go in the stores around here, customer service or whatever, and all you walk in and the employees are complaining and griping. You see them huddled up in the corner and they don't want to wait on anybody. You know, what does that say not only for them but for the company that, they were, that they're supposed to be representing? Think about that. Think about if you're one of the one that's got them vests on or whatever it is, the name tag, and you're huddled up in the corner with some other employees and refusing to help the customers. And when they do ask, you kind of cop an attitude because they interrupted you from talking. What does that say? What if we're members of this church and we're part of that? What does that say for us? This is, we're celebrating Labor Day. You're getting a day off. Most of us are. 
we need to remember those who came before us. We need to remember the principles that our parents instilled upon us. I'm a boomer, so you know how that goes. Don't be late. And that was instilled to me when I went in the army. Don't be late. I found out that it was better not to show up at all than it was to be late in the army. Uh, you're gonna, it won't hurt near as bad because <laughs> you're going to pay. But anyway, uh, so as, as of the Lord means that all of our work is really done out of the Lord, not in demand. Grace makes us the servants of God while still we are the servants of men. Let me repeat that. Grace makes us servants of God while still we are the servants of men. It doesn't relieve us from being servants of men. It doesn't relieve us of our responsibility. We contracted with these people to do X number of hours for X number of days for X number of pay. When a man hires you to do a job and you agree on the pay, it doesn't matter what he's paying Ralph next door. Ralph does not pay your bills. What matters is, is that you live up and earn every penny that you contracted for. I worked at a place and I made pretty good money. And a man come to me one day, the owner of the company, and told me to go sweep the warehouse. I grabbed the broom. It told me if it takes two days, it takes two days. It took me a day and a half. And people that were working there come, I can't believe you're, you didn't cut up. You're sweeping this house and the man paying me to do a job. I said, yeah, but you're sweeping the floor. I said, it pays the same as sweeping the floor that does filling out all those papers up there. I'm sweeping. I don't have rider's cramp today. Phone ain't ringing off the hook. I'm out here in a warehouse sweeping and nobody's bothering me. And I'm getting the same money that I was making sitting up there getting agitated and aggravated. Put things in perspective. Do what they ask you to do. As long as it's not morally reprehensible or illegal, do your job. Do your job. See, we're called to be different. We're called to be like Christ. It enables us to do the business of heaven while we're showing uh, others While attending the business on earth. Wherever we're at, that's our mission field. If you are a nurse and you're working in a clinic somewhere, that's your mission field. If you are a mechanic and you work on cars, that's your mission field. If you are a store manager, that's your mission field. If you are retired, wherever you see the do during the day, that's your mission field. Your mission field is where God has placed you. And if it changes, your mission field changes. We are on mission with God. On mission with God. Our job doing the mission of God is never complete. We never get a day off. But the reward is going to be so great when we get to receive it. We're going to be in paradise. It signifies the common duties of life by showing us how to perform them in the light of heaven. As of the Lord, or as to the Lord. This is what this signifies. 
We're doing our work in the light of heaven. Doing the will of God. In Greek culture, manual work was despised. And the goal of being successful was getting to point where you never had to do any work. Manual labor was despised. Being successful was getting to the point where you never had to do any manual labor. This isn't how it is in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, manual labor and hard work are honorable. It should be said that every Christian... It should be said of every Christian that he's a hard worker and gives the employer a full day's work for his pay. That should go without saying. We should be the best employees that an employer ever had. They should never have to fire a Christian. To do anything less than giving the employer a full day's wages or a full day's work for the pay is, any, is not anything less than stealing from your employer. Let's be blunt about it. It's stealing from the employer. I'm not here to beat you down. I'm here to build you up and remind you of some things. We have a responsibility not only to our world we live in, but to the God who's called us to Him for a relationship. We have a responsibility to be Christians. We have a responsibility to be different from those around us. If we're not any different, why would they want to come with us? If that's what we are, then we're nothing more than a social club rather than the church of Christ. And these things in this statement connect an interesting people or principle. When people are born again, their life changes and they become harder workers. And less wasteful. And they are blessed thereby and become prosperous. Have you noticed your worth ethic change after you come to Christ? Have you noticed that you're more thrifty? You're not as wasteful? Have you noticed uh, that you've been blessed? Do you start recognizing the blessings that God's called upon or given to you? Or endowed you with? And you become prosperous. Doing what's right is prosperous. Doing what's right is not only is it natural for us as Christians, but it's unnatural to those around us and they want to see what's going on. Some folks won't understand it and they'll attack you. That's okay. Some folks will try to understand it and they'll try to tell you that you're better than they are. And some folks will understand it and they'll walk by and slap you on the back and say, keep up the good work, brother or sister. They don't feel like they're alone. They don't feel like they're alone. So God didn't create us to be on an island. We're to interact with people. Think about that. We're to interact with people. What do we do when we go out? If we're by ourselves and we go into a restaurant... None of us like to eat by ourselves, so what do we do? We try to call somebody. Why is that? Well, number one, we want to carry on a conversation. We want to share time together, break bread together. Why is it when we decide to go shopping, you're going to call and see if somebody wants to go? We don't want to go by ourselves. 
It's no fun trying to tell somebody about the sales that was going on and they ask you this and you say, hey, well, you should have been there. We like and we, we, we starve for fellowship. We starve for outside stimulus. Especially if you have children, small children. You need time away. You need adult conversation. Because I get to the point to where when you can sing the theme songs to all the Saturday morning and, and Monday during the week cartoons and know what time they come on and what they're about and the moral lessons they're teaching... You need some adult conversation. But these are the things that we do. Workers and less or less and waste, they work harder and they're less wasteful and they become prosperous. But after becoming prosperous, we often allow our hearts to grow far from God. Oh, I've arrived. I made it. Oh, I don't have to do my daily prayers. I don't have to be as humble or as pious. We grow far from God. Then God disciplines us with hard times. And what happens? We're like the nation of Israel. Then we repent. And then the cycle starts again. The thing that I'm here to tell you today, this cycle is not necessary. It's not necessary. But it's a common one that we all suffer. We face a crisis. We repent. We start working our way. We're back in the Word. We're reading God's Word. We're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're, we're working hard at work. And all these things are going on. All of a sudden, bang, we start noticing the blessings and the prosperity. And that goes for a while and goes for a while and goes for a while and we start enjoying the blessing which is nothing wrong with and we start enjoying the prosperity. We have a little disposable income. Well, let's go to the beach this weekend. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, let's go here. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're missing your daily devotion, when you're missing your time alone with God, then it becomes a problem because you're drifting away from God and Satan knows that all he's got to do is put these images in your head during that time and he can really pull you away from the Lord and then what happens boom another disaster strike oh Lord why me Lord I was doing this and la 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 whatever and you're on your knees Lord please forgive me I'm so sorry and the cycle starts again don't don't. Don't draw away from God. Don't grow far from Him. Remember the statement that we have. Draw near to the Lord and He'll draw near to you. The nearer you get to Him, the closer He is to you. Just stop. Stand still. He's in you. He is in you. And our job is to be the best employee that an employer has ever had. That's our job. We're to be the best. Yes, it's hard. I know it's hard. It is hard to be the best employee when you work with lunatics or you work with people who are shammers. Look that one up. Uh, you know, when, if you want to destroy a good employee, reward those that aren't doing anything. 
Reward those that aren't doing anything and watch how long the morale takes to drop. You know why they work a good employee to death? Because they don't argue. They don't complain. They do their job. The man hired them to do a job and they do their job. And yet they spend all their time focusing on those who don't. Say, I don't have to worry about you because you work just as hard if they're there or if they're not. You're a Christian. And we have some Christians that don't work hard. Like the word says, it's the same as stealing from your employer. So the word I have for you is repent. Are you, are you the best employee where you work? In your little section, are you the best? Not why. Are you giving your employer a full day's wages? Or a full day's work for a full day's wages? Are you being a disciple of Christ in your mission field? Are you? Those are questions that you can answer. I cannot. My prayer is that you are. My prayer is that, that oh, they go to Deep Creek Baptist Church. I'm working people over there. Not only are they, are they happy, not only are they working people, they do what they say they're going to do, but they're honest and they're loyal to God. That's what we want. And if they can help you, they'll help you. What a great statement to be made about a group of people. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to look at our heart. Give us the ability to, to change the things that we need to change, Lord. To change the attitudes that we need to change. Some of us have these attitudes that's been entrenched for years. And we need to lighten them up, toss them out. Lord, we need to be examples of you. When they look at us, they should see you, Lord. When it comes to our jobs, they should never have to question what we do. Our integrity and our work ethic should be on display for all. And we should always give you the glory for that. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Four hundred and thirty-six. Four thirty-six. Where he leads me. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow me. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, 
all the way. As you go out this week, you celebrate tomorrow, take time, do whatever you want to do, relax, cook out, enjoy family, or whatever. Uh, just think about that. Just think about setting the example, not only for your fellow employees, but for the Lord Jesus who's called you. It's a great thing to do. It's great. And you'll receive the reward. Brother David, will you close in prayer?